0: I want to talk to you guys about Christmas, and our, our title tonight, and if you've probably seen the card, is Not So Silent Night, which, Christmas is my favorite holiday, absolutely it is, who, who here, like, put up here by show of hands, who thinks Christmas is the best? Like, even when I was a kid, I didn't like Halloween, I don't like being scared. I'm usually the biggest guy in the room, but, man, I get scared. Like, you jump from behind, I'll punch you in the the head. But, like, it scares me half to death. Like, I hate being scared. Never liked scary movies. Don't like scary things. It just freaks me out. Halloween wasn't cool. Easter's sweet. But, like, chocolate, you get sick after a while. Christmas, you get chocolate, too, right? As a kid, it's like you get chocolate and snacks and all these other things as well. And you get presents, like, this was the time where, like, the thing that you know your parents couldn't afford, there's just that glimmer of hope that you're gonna get that. For me, it was a Nintendo 64. And, like, I know that that's, like, super old now, but the N64 was a game changer. That 64 bit console moving up from the Sega Genesis, 3D graphics, game changer, man. That was what I was all about. Loved it. But I think that Christmas fills us with warm feelings, right? Like, it's kind of that thing where everybody's supposed to be nice, the Christmas spirit. The Christmas spirit, that thing that, you know, the Grinch, his heart grows three sizes, right? Even the most crusty, angry old Scrooge ends up having a good Christmas and loving people. It's this this heartwarming story, right? And from a church perspective, uh, we'd look at the warm feelings that come with that. Every carol we sing, it's very positive and uplifting. And nothing captures that more than, and you'll see it on the next slide here the nativity scene. Has anybody ever been to your grandma's house, or maybe it's your house, and there's this ceramic, perfect, Christmas, baby Jesus-looking scene that's on your piano or coffee table? And it really captures the moment, right? It captures what Christmas is all about, that moment when Jesus, God, came to earth and was born in this beautiful, perfectly furnished and cleaned-out stable this barn where the hay is perfectly laid. It's brand new hay, probably similar to what we got right here. Just clean wherever hay comes from. They just got it from the hay store, put it out. I'm not a farmer. I don't understand how hay works, clearly. But it's clean. The animals are all around this newborn baby. They're, they've just been shampooed. They're, they're sparkling clean. These animals are in perfect condition. These are like, these are There's no smell coming from these animals whatsoever. It seems like they're glistening, and there's just perfect lighting. Uh, Mary, who just gave birth, is glowing and looking over the baby. Joseph is on one knee, the new dad, and he's just, like, looking in awe at his new son and thinking about how awesome this is. Baby Jesus is sitting in a manger, probably sparkling or illuminated in some sense, right? And it's just this silent night. Holy night, all is calm, I'm not going to sing it, but all is bright. Perfect. That's what Christmas is all about, right? But the fact of the matter is, it actually was nothing like that whatsoever. Hence the title "Tonight, "Not So Silent Night." Now, I don't know if you listen, I've never had kids yet, but I've come across some footage on TV of childbirthing in my time, and it terrifies me, to be frank. Absolutely terrifies me. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid, I don't actively go looking for this stuff, but I was uh, staying homesick from school one time. And has anybody ever watched TLC, the Learning Channel? Let me tell you what. The Learning Channel, I've been really pushing this for a long time, petitioning strongly that they should have to legally remove the learning from their name at this point. Because before before YouTube, there was some really cool stuff on there. There was a show called Tornado Chasers. And, like, that was my go-to. I didn't understand how, like, TV worked back in the day. It was just like, I thought it was just a crapshoot. Like, you'd just be like, yep, yeah, there's, like, a 50% chance that that show I want is going to be on that channel. I, like, and I loved Tornado Chasers. So I remember one time I went looking for Tornado Chasers, and I accidentally came across a show called The Baby Story. And I got to the wrong part, let me tell you. The baby was being born, and I saw some stuff. Stuff I can't get uh, can't, can't get past. it freaked me right out and I'm terrified to have a child myself at this point or to be in the room I'd be awesome if like you could have a baby and just like go play Angry Birds on your iPad in the waiting room while it happens and I actually have a friend his grandpa was telling me he's like 80 years old that back in the day they actually you just dropped off his wife at the emergency door like room he just drove up didn't kick her out, but said like hey good luck talk to you when you have your kid came back a little while later and uh, the baby was there. And that was sounds pretty great to me. But apparently I've been told by my wife that if we have kids, that that's not a potential thing. I even said that my sister could take my place, and she really didn't like that. Um, and if you've been around a baby being born, it's not a silent night. There's a lot of labor pains and screaming and mess, and it's not even in a, a modern day, it's not something that's an overly calm experience. It's nothing like the picture that we see in the, in, on the screen of that nativity scene. That's not what it was. In fact, actually, when we look at the situation, um, Mary and Joseph, Jesus's biological parents, are walking back to their hometown of Bethlehem because there's this big tax thing happening where they had to return to their birth town where they'd get registered there. And she just happened to be born, uh, be giving birth at that time. Now, she's like super pregnant, like uncomfortably pregnant. She's probably like 12 or 13 years old. It's a little bit of a different time, and uh, she's. Like, probably nine months pregnant, and she's riding down a dusty road on a donkey. I don't know if any of you guys have given birth. I don't think that we want to be riding on a donkey in the middle of the desert on the way to Bethlehem. It sounds like not a great scenario. Then what happens, to make things worse, she's starting to go into labor. They know they need to find somewhere to go so they're not just giving birth in the street. try to go to an inn, but all the inns are packed because everybody's going home for this tax thing. So then the innkeeper's like, I don't got nothing, like no rooms. But he sees this clearly fragile situation. He's like, okay, guys, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hook you up. I got a barn. I know we like to call it the stable and we have the scene and whatever, but this is basically a barn. Like there's, there's horse crap everywhere. There's poop. There's smell. Like I don't know if you've ever been on a farm. I may not know where hay really comes from, but I've been around animals enough to know that it's not really a sanitary place to give birth to a baby. So they go into this barn, and they're going to give birth there. And it's just, it's not where you think that any baby would want to be born, let alone the, the God incarnate coming to earth. You would think that there'd be like a really, really like fancy place for him to be born, but no. This is God coming to Earth, and he's born in a literal barn—the manger that we've kind of like uh, made into this like symbol of peace and love. A manger is just a feeding trough for animals. This is where they would have slopped their food, and they would have been eating out of there. Not where I thought God would land. The noise would have been there. It would have been messy in this situation. Like, I don't know how many women can give birth and come out glowing and just kind of chilling, like, in whatever she's wearing in that picture. But I don't think that's how it works. It would have been a really crazy experience. It would have been chaos. Absolute chaos. So why am I talking about chaos? Christmas, listen, I'm going to talk about some of the sides tonight of of Christmas and different elements of of the opposite side that we normally see. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm not here to tell you Christmas is a time to feel sad. But there's some realities about this time of the year for a lot of people that they just have to fake it. Where the the songs, the carols, the imagery, it all tells us that we need to be happy all the time. It's, you don't find a lot of Christmas carols that tell you, "Hey, are you feeling depressed right now? Are you having a rough go? Is the credit card starting to rack up? Are you?" got anxiety about this or that. I'll tell you what I have a friend um who I worked with a long time ago and on December 23rd his dad suddenly passed away. And after that he wasn't much fun to be around with on Christmas. And a lot of people look at people like that and they're like like if you say you hate Christmas you're a grinch, you're a scrooge, right? That's what you learn as a kid, but there are people who go through situations and go through things around this time of the year that the memories of Christmas don't necessarily bring up the most joyous occasions, and that might be different on different levels for different people. Lost loved ones is a big one like I mentioned. Maybe you're not happy, maybe you're dealing with anxiety or mental illness or sickness or 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 depression or whatever it is. Maybe The idea of going around a Christmas tree as a family brings up the memories that you you didn't have a family member around as much as you would have liked to. Maybe not a family member at all. Maybe it was a time where you longed for what other people had. Maybe you don't always look at Christmas as that wonderful, bright moment. And even though you want to and you understand, you might put on the smile, but it's not always as exciting as what you think it should be and what other people think it should be. But here's the power of Christmas. We put on this face sometimes that it's this magical thing and it's always happy. But actually, that's not the only thing that we get out of Christmas. The fact is that Jesus not only came into the world in this joy, which is a great thing. God came to earth to be with man because we messed up, because we sinned, because we created a separation. We do that every time we make a mistake or, or intentionally lie, cheat, steal, whatever it is. There was that separation, and God put in a plan where he needed to bring us back together. And that plan was for Jesus to come and eventually die on a cross as an adult some 30 years later and bring us back into connection so we can just have that relationship with Jesus, with God, and we can choose that. That's something available to us. God came to bring peace to the chaos And that's why I think there's some metaphor, there's some imagery that comes with that, that Jesus entered into a chaotic place. Right after Jesus was born, the king at the time went and and murdered a whole bunch of babies. Hearing that this this God, this person that was going to come up, this king was going to come and overthrow him. He went and murdered all these children. It was chaos. It was murderous. It was absolutely nuts. So why did God come into that? And I believe that on some level, it's to show us that even though there can be chaos in the situation that we have, he's come to give us peace. Just how much peace can Christmas bring to chaos. There's one really good example, and maybe you've heard about this before. I think I've shared it on a Sunday morning before. But I'll tell you it again. In World War I, like, probably I don't want to rank wars because obviously war is horrible and tragic and a disaster at all points but World War One Christmas came along and perhaps you've heard of trench warfare it was absolutely crazy they would dig a trench on one side the other army would dig a trench on the other side and like the mud and the blood and all of the rain and it was just gross in there People would have, like, they didn't have Gore-Tex boots that were waterproof. They are mostly just leather. They were cold. They would get, like, super bad skin problems. And it's just, I could give you all the morbid details, but trust me, it was horrible. And they would just shoot at each other and bomb at each other and do all these awful things and go back and forth. They were murderous and wanted to just kill the other side. But they, they wouldn't gain any ground. It would just go by, like, a foot a month. It was just basically war for the sake of it at that point. But on Christmas, the, the Allied side, and, and I guess we might want to call the Axis side, it was the Germans and the English. And what they did was they actually put up a peace, like truce, a flag up for Christmas. They got up, they walked out into the middle, into no man's land, which was basically like at any other point, that was sure death, like you were done. Walk out, they met up, they ate some food together. They celebrated Christmas, and believe it or not, they actually played a soccer game. There's pictures on the internet of it. Um, I've just, like, they posed for some pictures. They had a, a Christmas celebration, which, like, the more I say it even now, is a bizarre concept. But it's a real thing that happened. War stopped because of Christmas. The disaster and the chaos was put to a halt because of the power of the Christmas story that afternoon. Then they, they exchanged some gifts back and forth, gave each other different things they might need, and they walked back to their, their trenches. They blew a horn, and the war was back on. And it just kept going on. And while it didn't end the war per se, that's a pretty incredible story of just how calming this story is, how much power there is in the story of God coming as a baby. Something must be there for it to have that much power and to be able to do that. So, what does this mean for us? What's the application? The application is this whether you know god and you have this awesome feeling about christmas or whether your life is going great right now and you can't wait to have turkey dinner and ham dinner and whatever other dinner you are going to have because that's awesome and and you love it or whether or not you feel like christmas is a time where you're not excited about it anymore where you're kind of cringing because you have to hang out with that uncle that wants to talk to you about politics and he's a trump supporter and you're not or maybe you are and he's not and you know it's going to be awful no, there's going to be a fight. There's going to be some forced interaction and there's going to be something where you have to pretend that you're happy. Whether or not you're on either side of that, there's a peace that can come from Christmas. There's hope that comes from Christmas. I want to share a couple of Bible verses. God wrote a book. This is what I, how I always like to communicate it. God wrote a book. He didn't necessarily you know, pen it out, but Like an architect designs an entire building and then actual contractors build that. It's still the original design that the architect had that creates that building. And that's God. God is the architect of the Bible. Different people wrote it, but it was his design, his influence on all those things. And I really believe that the Bible is not just a 2,000-year-old or more than that bunch of words, but it actually impacts us today more than anything else. If we look at it, it can help to change our world. And some examples I want to give you— is this, in 1 Peter 5, 7, he says this, Give your cares and worries to God because he cares about you. It sounds simple, but it's true. And this is one of the more famous ones in, in the Bible. And this is Jesus' words himself, and he says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Come to me if you have heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. And I think that there's not much more to get about Jesus and relationship with God than that in the Bible. If I could sum it up, as far as our experience on earth, obviously there's heaven, there's, there's the cross. But your day-to-day experience with Jesus is this. If you believe in Jesus, if you have a relationship with Jesus, which is available to all of us, if you've got burdens, he wants to give you rest He wants to step in. He's able to step in. And it's a big jump for us sometimes to be able to do that because it just seems like the world is falling apart around us. But Jesus wants to give you rest. And that's available to us if we choose to accept it in different ways. Here's something that I want to touch on too with this about Jesus coming to earth. Again, with this chaos, it says in Philippians 2, 5 to 8, um, that this is how we should live. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but he did not so much of he did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity or God and took on the status of a slave becoming human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was incredibly humbling. In process, it was a humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, and then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death, a crucifixion. Jesus was God. Jesus is God. He came to Earth into this scenario that we talked about. He didn't have to. In my mind, he should have been in the gray nuns, or at least the Misericordia, or something like that. Entered into a barn to bring peace to your situation. He humbled himself so that he could live a life, a simple life, die on a cross, so that he could have the ability as God to take your burdens and give you rest. So for you this this evening, what does it come down to? I want to celebrate. I want to celebrate great Christmas. I'm not here to make us kind of feel down about it. I hope that you have an amazing Christmas. I hope that you have nothing but great experiences and you have nothing but great memories to go back on for this. But... If not, if you're struggling this Christmas, if you know people that are struggling this Christmas, it's okay. It's okay to have those feelings. It's okay to feel that way. You don't have to feel bad about that. And you need to know this there, above all else, is hope. That's the story of Christmas. It's hope. Hope for whatever you're going through, not just this season, but into, into January, February, March, the year round, whatever it is. There is hope because God cares enough about you to send his son as a baby, for God to come to earth as a baby and to sacrifice his life for us. That no matter how big or small the situation is, it doesn't have to be a financial crisis, but maybe a situation where you're just feeling a little bit of anxiety this week, or you're not feeling great, or you're you're nervous, or you just don't need some advice on what to do. There's hope that God loves you enough to have that relationship with you. That's why we celebrate a baby coming to earth, God coming in the form of a child. It's because the power that the cross carries. It's about the hope that the cross brings us. And that's why Christmas is so significant. And that's why Christmas means that there's no situation. There's no chaos in the world. There's no political, no social situation. There's no family situation, no relationship situation or medical situation that you don't have hope in. And that's something to get excited about. And that's something that's worth celebrating this Christmas. And I hope that this is a reminder for you if you believe this already, if you know that. And if you've never thought this through before, I hope that this is something that gets your mind going. Because maybe you've only come to church once a year. Maybe you, for, you know, Christmas service, maybe you don't really think about it. Maybe the only time you've ever heard the Christmas story was when you were a kid on the Charlie Brown Christmas special, which I think is incredibly boring, but people love it. Has the, like, and that's a, a big one. Maybe that's where you've only seen the the smallest sliver of this gospel story. But you need to know that there's hope and that this is available to you tonight. And uh, if you have any questions and if you would like to know more about this or you'd like to accept this as something you want to do. If you'd like to begin a journey of a Jesus-based life, you can talk to me or talk to pretty much anybody here. You could write on one of the connection cards that we have at the back um, at the cafe um, that you'd like to talk to somebody. Um, and if you just have any questions in general, you're welcome to ask us. Um, so I hope that you're encouraged tonight with hope that Christmas brings it to all situations. Um, I'm going to pray. I want to pray for you. If you have a situation. Um, I'm not going to make you stand or raise your hand or anything like that. But if you have a situation in your family or a friend or somebody that just needs prayer, where there's something going on this season and they need help financially, medically, whatever, um, just in your heart, pray along with me. Even if you don't believe in God, even if this is your first time in church, um, just we want to believe together that God who created the world, who's incapable of anything, miracles, can bring peace to that situation as well. So if you want to just bow your heads with me, I'll pray. God, thank you for Christmas and the hope that comes with that. God, I just pray that, uh, yeah, people would know you who don't, God. I pray that um, that we would get know you better through this Christmas season, that you draw us closer to you, God, that things would just start to make sense for us. God, I just pray for situations that people are going through, um, whether it's us or our family members or our friends whether it's big or seemingly small whatever it is God we pray that you would step in and that you would make change in those situations um we know that you can bring peace to any chaos and we pray that that would happen in in our friends our family and our lives um this right now we pray for miracles we pray for people that are sick that if they're sick that they'd be healed and God that you would just uh you would do awesome things. Thank you for sending uh, Jesus to, to be a, a human and a baby and to live just a humble life. Um, thank you for what you did on the cross, Jesus, <clears throat> and for the hope that comes with that. So we just pray we'd have a good night, uh, some good uh, coffee, and just a good time hanging out. We love you. Amen. Uh, if you guys want to just direct your attention to the screens, uh, we got an announcement video for you.